So in the Welsh revival, the Welsh revival started when a young girl got up during a testimony time in a church and she all she said was, I just want to tell everyone how much I love Jesus. That's all she said. It came from inside of her heart. And when she did, it released the spirit in the place. And they had a revival in Wales for years where they were seeing angels flying into people's chimneys of their house. This is how they knew where the meeting was. This is how they knew. They, they, like they didn't have an announcement. People would go outside at night and look and they'd have the lights. And wherever the light was, the light would glow it would fly down into the chimney and then that would be like, oh, well, that's where the meeting's at. And everyone would go to that house. And that's how they would know where what was happening that night because the angel would go to. There is a lot going on with our angels. We do. It would be good. You know, you do whatever you want. You know, I'm not telling people what to do, but it would be good to learn this process of our interaction with our angels. You know, when when William Branham would teach he'd get up and he would stand behind the podium and just stand there. And people would say, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm waiting. He's like, who are you waiting for? He's like, I'm waiting for my angel. Cause it was an angel he worked with. And when the angel came, he stood next to him and then he'd start. And that's how he did it every single time. He always did that. So this idea of not seeing angels is a very weird thing. You, that's not how that's supposed to work. We're actually, we're actually, they're, they're here to help us. You know, it's kind of like saying, you know, we need help at church. Okay. Well, you need help too, you know, and who's been sent to help you? Well, the Holy Spirit, but, but who, but who works with the Holy Spirit? Well, your angel, you, you see what I'm saying? It's a manifestation. If someone comes in and they, and they start helping you, um, let's say that you, let's say that you had a big project and all of a sudden three or four people just showed up out of the blue and helped you. What would you say? You would say, the Lord helped me. He brought someone to help me. Right. Well, why can't you say that about your angel? I mean, the Lord sent your angel to help you. Well, give him credit. I mean, well, we can't worship the angel. Are you worshiping the person that came and helped you clean your, your church? No. no, of course you're not. You're just acknowledging that they came. And I think we can acknowledge our angels the same way. This isn't what it was about. It was more about the fact that, you know, <laughs> that the whole revival started this way with just a young girl just stood up and just told everyone how much she loved Jesus. And what that did is it started a fire in the people of desire for the Lord. And so that fire in that, because what you're hearing is you're actually hearing the Lord. You're hearing what he says about us. So today I'm going to be reading from a short method of prayer, chapter 10. And um, this is called Higher Degree of Prayer, which is that of the simple presence of God or active contemplation active contemplation. So as you have, if you have heard my teaching in the past, um, I teach a lot on prayer and I teach on something called a short method of prayer or a simple prayer by Jean Guyon. In chapter 10, so this is a little further along. So if you haven't ever heard any of that, I encourage you to go either read the first nine chapters <laughs> of this book or um, listen to some of our teachings. I think my original teaching on a short method of prayer, I, would, I did on a Wednesday night back in 2018, maybe it was, 2019. And, um, and I can teach that forever. But I wanted to read today chapter 10. So it starts off like this. I'll bring it up on the screen too so we can read together. You see here? 
Okay. So this, this is what we call biblical application. The soul faithfully exercising itself in the affection and love of its God is astonished to find him taking complete possession of it. What does this mean, Jamin? It means that as you're contemplating, as you're thinking about the Lord, thinking about how much he loves you, thinking about how thankful you are for all the blessings he's brought into your life, for your family, for your friends, for even if you have a few things that you think about, just think about those things. And so as you're exercising the affection, exercising the affection of love, that's an easy thing. That's what prayer is. It's exercising an affection. You know, like, like if someone cuts you off in traffic, you're exercising the affection of anger. That's a terrible affection to exercise because it only can be destructive. So you have to be able to temper that <laughs> down. So you're not exercising. Ex or, or someone watches a scary thing on television. They're exercising the affection of fear. Not a good affection to exercise. People are like, oh, that's emotions. Well, you're exercising them into something. So exercise the affection of love. And what does it say? Of its God. Well, who is our God? Yahweh. He is, he is the Lord. <laughs> he is Yahweh. He is the king. He is the head of all spiritual beings, all beings, all creation. So look, this is what it says. Exercising itself in the affection and love of its God is astonished to find him taking complete possession of it. So as we are meditating on Jesus, quieting our mind, meditating on the higher thoughts, meditating on where we are in him, that we're seated with him, that we're in heavenly places, that, that, that we are above and not beneath, that we come from the above. We don't come from beneath. We have a beneath body. Well, it came from the ground, but we have a heavenly body, right? So we have, we have multiple bodies, but, but we become aware of where we are in him. And then we temper that. We bring our affections up above. And then an astonishment happens. <laughs> What's the astonishment? The astonishment is kind of like, I, I like to say, like, how close is Jesus? And you're like, well, let's turn and look. And he's like, wing, and he's right there. You're like, ah, <laughs> right? Because he's so close to you. And you're like, how, were you always that close? I was always that close. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so there's an astonishment that happens to us. When we become aware of the love of God, it becomes, and when I say astonished, you know, like I think of the biblical astonishment. I think of, I think of the shock and awe of the wonder of God. I think of the astonishment of the children of Israel, the Jews, as they stand in front of the, of the Red Sea and it parts and they go, and there's no words because they're so astonished that they're stuck in astonishment. That's what starts to happen to us as we pray, okay? And it is prayer. Make no mistake. Meditating, contemplating on the love of God is prayer. And it is a short method. It is a simple prayer, but it is extremely powerful. Extremely 
All the activity in the world cannot create relationship. Relationship comes from a moving of the heart towards another thing. The movement of the heart, the intention of love towards, as she said, an affection of its God, that is the prayer we speak of. And that is what brings the astonishment, the awe. We play loud music. We have lights and smoke and large things that we create to astonish. Oh, look at what the Lord has done in this place. Hallelujah. You know, and we do this kind of acting, as I like to call. But we actually have within us this generative power that will astonish us when we become aware of the presence of our God in us. There has never been a separation. That's why it's so astonishing. You're like, I thought I had to do a lot of work to get God to like treat me like this. I thought that I had to be one of those special gifts of the Spirit, ministry gifts. David's astonishments. Mm hmm. Yes. David is a chief contemplator. Yes. Right. And we've been brought in to him. So he brought us in. See, if we brought ourselves in, yeah, you might be a little nervous. You might be like, well, you know, I kind of, somehow I got into God. I'm not sure how it happened, but I did something right because I'm in him now. So hopefully if I keep my behavior right, I can stay in him. But if I screw up, you'll know. I mean, I, I listen, that's all wrong. You didn't bring yourself into God. You couldn't, even if you wanted to. You could be the best of the best. And you still can't bring yourself into God. He brought you in. Oh, so much better. He's like, I really like him. I'm going to take him and I'm going to live in him. And now that's going to be my house. Where's God's house? We're God's house. I'm going to go to church. You're not going to go to church. You can't go to church. <laughs> do you go to church? I can't. You can't really do that. <laughs> But why not? Well, the church is the body of, of Yeshua himself. It's actually his body. How do you go there? You're either in his body or you're not. You're either a part or you're not a part of his body. So what does that mean? Well, what do you acknowledge? Do I acknowledge myself? Where do you acknowledge yourself? Well, before you acknowledge yourself outside of his body. But then you became aware. You woke up and you became aware that you are in his body. Did you have to go to church? Nope. You just realized, apparently, I'm his body. His ecclesia. Ecclesia is the word in Greek. It means church. But it's ecclesia. Ecclesia is governing. It, it, my body governs. What does it govern? Me. It governs the things around me. If I want to pick up this coffee mug, my body does it. Why? Because I have a government inside of me that institutes what I do. And what's the part of me that tells my hand to grab the coffee mug? My head. 
Who's the head? Yeshua. Yeshua is the head. I'm not the head. Yeshua is the head, but I'm inside the body. I am part of that body. That is who I am. I don't go there. I am that. So much easier. So much easier. Now, assembling? Yes. But our terminology is all off. If we assemble together in a, in a physical location, that's an assembly. I like to call it a mystic hub. It's a hub. It's a part of the body. It's connected to another part spiritually. So there are other parts of the body that this body is connected to. If you go to another hub, that part may be, some of them aren't hubs, <laughs> you know, be it unto you however you see it, you know, but most, there are hubs everywhere. And so this is the way it is. There's no way, no man can start that. No man can do that. People just recognize it and then they become a part of that hub because they saw it. There it is. Okay. Now listen, let's get back to our message. So again, let's look at this one more time just to remind ourselves. The soul faithfully exercising itself in the affection and love of its God is astonished to find him taking complete possession of it. So as we are praying, there's a progression, okay? You start outside and you go inside. This is how it works. You start on the outside and you go on the inside. Outside, I'm aware of my body. I'm aware of my soul. I'm aware of my emotions. I'm aware of the things around me. I start to move in. I'm becoming aware now of the presence of God. The presence of God is within me. The presence of God is around me. I start moving in. Now, as I keep going further in, I'm getting closer and closer to the center. As I get to the center, I become aware of the presence of God and I become aware of the fire. I become aware of the fire first love that is burning strong right down in the center of my spirit. I become very aware of that and now I become engulfed in that flame. And now I am aware of where I am. I am a minister of fire. I am a, I am a son of God. I become aware of that all around me. So now when I become aware of that, I've found out that I have been completely possessed by the Lord. He has completely possessed me. There is a there is an astonishment that is coming upon me as I become aware of the fact that he has taken complete possession of my body. That's the higher realm. So as we progress, <laughs> then you get to the spot where you're like, whoa, I, he has come. So it's not a mental thing. It's in a, like when you're astonished, you can be astonished from things that are mental, but this is more of an astonishment of realization that you have been possessed by the Lord. That is a good thing. Why do you think evil spirits like to possess people? They know you're made to be possessed by something, but you're made to be possessed by the spirit of the Lord. You are made as a container. You and he fit perfectly together. There is no, there's nothing wrong about that. That is a hundred percent correct. You fit. You are made to be one. His presence becomes so natural, so natural, that it would be impossible not to have it. You become so aware of the presence of God around you that it seems that you couldn't possibly, it's impossible to not be aware of it. It's impossible. And this is, and you do get to the spot where you're just like everywhere and people are, and then you talk to someone and, and they're like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, I apparently don't see any of that. <laughs> I see God everywhere. I'm seeing him. I see him there. I see his love there. You know, look at this. Look at that. Look at the evil. Look at the evil. They say, look at the evil. Everyone come around. Let's look at the evil together. And you're like, I see God everywhere. 
Isn't that what the news is? Come, look at the evil. I will show you the evil. Come, let me exalt it and honor it. Let me, let's honor the evil together, everyone. Let's discuss the evil, everyone. Let's build it up. No, let's not. Let's look with the eyes of your heart. Let the affection move you towards him. Now begin to look from the above. It's different, okay? Just small disclaimer. Today's message is going to be a little more um, spiritual sounding. So if you, you know, like I said, if you want to <laughs> read some of my other ones, or listen to some of the other ones, that'd be good. Um, other messages. Okay, so his presence becomes so natural, it would be impossible not to have it. It becomes habitual to the soul, which is also conscious of a great calm spreading over it. Again, is this not the place that the Good Shepherd leads us into? Is this not the, the effect of Christ in us? Is that we have this habit now of becoming aware of him, so much so, it's a habit now. You've now built a habit. That's a good habit to have. <laughs> it's a habitat. <laughs> which is also conscious of a great calm. See, if, you're, if, you're in, if your soul is in distress, go in and allow the calm of the Spirit to come upon you, right? Become aware of Him. Again, when I say progression, I mean more like a habit rather than a work. As you become aware of the Lord, because you remember, in order to do this, you have to leave behind all the works teachings that you've received, if you've been in church for any period of time, you're going to have a lot of things that you're working hard at. And if you tell someone, I'm leaving all that work behind, they're going to go, oh, you can't do that. And you'll be like, yes, I can. Watch me. <laughs> I'm no longer working for God. I now live in him and he lives in me. When I do it, he does it. We do it together. Always. And I'm aware of him. Okay. So we become aware now. And I want you to understand one thing. We're using natural words, okay? We're using regular words. But you have to remember, this is a extremely spiritual experience she's talking about, not mental. This isn't like, yeah, that makes sense. That's logical. This is more like, whoa, what was that? <laughs> and she's saying, I'm going to explain what that is. You know you know what I'm saying? It's like you go in and you're like, hey, why is it so hot in here? Why is it so cold? You're, you're not thinking. This is something that's happening to you. Okay, so as we're praying, as we're, as we're going in, okay, we notice that this calm starts to spread over us. Its prayer is all silence. That's interesting, Jamin. Well, how are you going to have faith if your prayer is all silent? Jesus, when he raised Lazarus from the dead, only prayed out loud for the other people. <laughs> That's what he said. He goes, I'm praying out loud, Father, because... Everyone's here. You know, I know, you know, we, we're good, you know. All he would have said is, come on, you know, but he had a prayer, right? So it's prayer, but see, we're talking about a prayer of union, okay? Not, not a, if I make, like, I'm talking out loud right now, but I don't have to talk out loud to the Lord. He's in me, neither do you. You can have a continual interaction in the spirit with him, continual, you know, where there's never a point where you're not aware of him. But listen to this prayer. It's all silence, and God imparts to it what? <sighs> Intrinsic love. You see, 
That's how it works. This is, this is the higher way. And the Bible says that. This is, this is the higher way. So when, in this prayer of silence, what's happening? Intrinsic love is being imparted into you. So you become aware of the love of God. You become aware, and it's intrinsic, so it's, it's already there. You're just becoming aware of it, which is the commencement of ineffable happiness. So every other thing that was bothering you, every other thing that your soul was wrestling with and wrangling with and contemplating and trying to disassemble and reassemble and add into different tabs on your browser, you know, all of that now comes into calm and awareness of the intrinsic love of God. And this is a practice, a prayer. People take drugs to get here. Do you know why they take drugs to get here? Because they're made to be here, but drugs are not the way to get there. Yeshua, he is our peace. He has brought down all the dividing walls that we erected between ourselves and God. He has brought them all down, and now what remains is his love. So when we take, because as a, as a spiritual being, you have abilities within you that you have no idea you've got. None of us. We are, we have even, we have barely even scratched the very top of what we can do. And you know why? A lot of times it's because we put replacements in the way. We said, oh no, that's good enough. That's good enough. I, I, I'll read some books and then that'll be good enough. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll listen to some music. That'll be good enough. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I serve. I'll, I'll serve. I'll, I'll be a, a good servant of God in the house of the Lord. That'll take care of this kind of stuff. I, don't, I, I really don't have time for that, Jamin. You know? but, but really, it's not about our works. It's about our awareness of our oneness with him. He, he, he's never left us. He's never gone away. He never quit. You know, what's that one song? You know, the, the love of God, something, and it was another word and everybody got upset because it was like, sounded like God was being irresponsible or something. What was that song? Um, anyway, there's a song about the love of God and it's just how it, reckless, it's reckless. You know, oh, God's not reckless. You can't say that about him. But, but here's the deal. His love is so overwhelming, you know, and it's like you can sit and like talk about his love and that's fine. And like I said, it's kind of like watching the Broadway production of the show. Um, but you can actually be in it. You don't have to actually watch the theater of it. You can actually have an interaction with him. You can read, you know, the biography of Donald Trump. Or you can actually just, if you knew him, you could spend time with him. You know, you could spend time with the people or whoever it is that you, you like. But we have access we have access. We access has not been closed off. You don't have to pay somebody for access to God. There is no amount of money you could pay. Oh, you got to tithe, Jamin. If you don't tithe, you're not having access to God. That's what God said. You don't give him enough money. He's not going to answer your prayers. Well, that, that's not scriptural. <laughs> Listen, I'm tipping him over today. That's why, listen, this is why a lot of people are like, why am I not getting my breakthrough? It's because you put a replacement in, in its place. You're, you're, there's things that people try to do to earn God's love. And when you start earning, you're trying, to, you're trying to arrive at a place you're already at. So anyway, it's prayer is all silence and God imparts to it an intrinsic love, which is the commencement, the commencement now, which means the beginning of, <laughs> 
ineffable happiness. So can he bring you happiness? He sure can. Because what's happening now in the silence, in the quiet prayer that we're having with the Lord, he is imparting his love in that quiet. You see how it works? Very simple. That's why it's a short method. For a short method, I sure have taught it a long time, haven't I? <laughs> but it's so good because it's I can always you can always go back and remind yourself. Oh, if I could describe the infinite degrees which follow. So there are waves of God's love that you can ride on like a surfer. <laughs> but I must stop here since I am writing for beginners and wait till God shall bring to light what may be useful to those more advanced, okay? So this is the beginning. This is the beginner class on this. The advanced class you take with the Lord, okay? I can only say that at this point, it is most important that all natural operations sh should cease that God may act alone. Be still and know that I am God is his own word by David. Be still, right? So be still. That means you cease from activity out of the soul. You're not operating, at, and she uses soul as spirit, but activity in, you would say, your mind. Your mind is quiet now. It is focusing on the Lord. It's not focusing on nothing. Don't start with me. You're not focusing on nothing. <laughs> You're focusing on the Lord. You're focusing on who he is. Where does he go? Oh, Jamin, you don't understand. Sin is so bad here. It's so bad. The devil is everywhere. And you're like, really? Really? If, if God was not here, you do understand that this place would not exist. He holds it all together. His love holds it together. Not just him. His, it's, he is love. So you're going to see love everywhere. Even in places where you don't think there's love, there is love there. We, we, instead of meditating on evil, meditate on good. Medita med look at those things. But, but this is getting away from what I'm saying. We're talking about activate, activation prayer. Now look, man is so attached to his own works that he cannot believe God is working unless he can feel, know, and distinguish his operation. What? That is amazing. Have you noticed that? Man is so attached to his own works that he cannot believe God is working unless he can feel, know, and distinguish his operation. And this is, this is the point you get to where you're just like, you're, you're, and I say the soul, because I'm talking about mind, will, and emotions, the soul, a lower, a lower realm, or some have called it the flesh. I like to not call it the flesh because it makes you think like it's your physical body, which it's not. Your, your soul, right, is only attached to what it's doing. That's why it's so attached when you talk about a short method of prayer that it's not doing anything. <laughs> but you're not doing anything. You're just sitting there. But you are doing something because it's not you doing it. It's God doing it. And he's working. He does not see that it is the speed of his course which prevents his seeing the extent of his advancement and that the operation of God becoming more abundant absorbs that of the creature as we see that the sun. Okay, so look at this. He does not... So, so man does not distinguish his own operation He because he can't see it. He does not see that it is the speed of his course 
which prevents his seeing the extent of his advancement. Let's stop, stop and read that. So one of the reasons why we aren't aware of what God is doing is because we are looking at, at how, how fast we're doing stuff. So, or, or how slow we're doing it, or how thorough we're doing it, or whatever. We're only looking at our own external, so we don't become, we're not aware of, of what is happening behind the scenes. So, like, sometimes when we're praying and you're doing a quiet prayer and you're saying, well, I'm being quiet, now what's happening? I don't see anything, I don't know, but, you're, but your focus is on the Lord, right? So you're becoming aware of his presence, you're becoming aware of him all around you, and so you're saying to yourself, did a lot happen? And you're like, well, I don't see myself doing a lot of things. Did I get a lot of words of knowledge? Did I get a lot of scriptures in my head? Did I write a lot of things down? Uh, no, then not much happened. Not true is what she's saying. She's saying that because when you're doing this kind of praying, which is praying, um, what prevents people from seeing how far they're going is because they're too focused on what they're doing naturally. Does that make sense? So you're, so you're so focused on, well, well, you know, and you're just checking off the boxes, the spiritual boxes that you created in your own, in your own head. And, and you're saying, well, I, I didn't do this and I, I, but I did do that. So, so I had like, even, even our dream life, you know, we could say, well, I had four, like yesterday I had four dreams. I had four dreams, check, 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 you know, but still that doesn't mean anything, right? Because you're making advancement in the spirit. You're not making advancement because of how many dreams necessarily you had. Sometimes people get up, so well, I didn't have a dream. I didn't have any dreams this week. That doesn't mean anything. Number one, you did, you just didn't remember them. But, but number two, that doesn't mean you're not making advancement because God is already working inside of you. He's doing something. Like if you've ever had any of these dreams where, where you have people working on your house, I had one of these recently, and they're working on specific areas of my house. So I know what area is being worked on, but there's angels doing that in, in this, in, by the spirit, right? So they're working on these areas. I didn't, I'm not working on them. They're working on them. You know, God's working on that. That's not my advancement. That's his advancement, but I can't see it if I become so aware of what I am doing naturally. Does that make sense? So if I become, if I'm only aware of what I'm doing naturally, and I, and I don't mean naturally like going to work, I mean for God in air quotes, right? How much I'm doing naturally for God. That's how I'm advancing. That's not how this works. <laughs> it's not how any of this works because it's his advancement. It's our advancement in him, not our advancement by our works. So if we become very focused on the speed, okay, or very focused on um, how we're doing, we become unaware of what's happening in the spirit. So it does take us being able to be quiet, to turn in and then to look in the spirit, in the rest, bring the soul down. And usually what I find, all things are well. <laughs> in other words, the way that I see things grow and the way that they are growing in y Yahweh, right? In the way that they're growing in him are different than how I look at things because I'm complete in Christ. Okay. So if I'm complete in him, what am I actually looking at? I'm looking at his garden in me. That's good. 
his garden in me. That's what I'm looking at. I can see him. I can see him working. I can see what he's done. I can then rejoice at what he has done in me. It's amazing. And what he has done. And then when you become aware of what he has done in you, you become aware of what he's doing in everyone. And it's amazing. So that's our advancement is found in him. So, but it's our focus. If we're focusing on all the things that we're doing naturally, we won't see it. The operation of God becomes more abundant, okay? Absorbs that of the creature, which we just said, okay? Absorbs it. You're becoming overwhelmed, over possessed by, by him, okay? As we see that the sun in proportion as he rises absorbs the light of the stars. Okay, so let's just stop right there. Okay, I'll keep, which were easily distinguishable before he appeared. So, so as, so this is a great analogy. So as we become aware of the presence of God in us, as we become aware of him, okay, he is like the sun. The sun just went up in the sky. Where'd the stars go? They're still there. Well, I can't see them. That's because the sun is so great that you can't see any of the other light. So think of it, she's using that analogy of your own activity becomes um, un- indistinguishable in the light of his, of the sun. So now all these little things that we're doing, this activity, as we become aware and as we become kind of possessed <laughs> by the Lord, all the little things that we, so we might think to ourselves, oh no, what's happening? All my little works are disappearing, but they're not. They're just becoming absorbed. Now, which I don't know if she gets into this or not, but as you become aware of the son, we'll say the son of God, (laughs) you know, as you become aware of him, all right? Not only do all of your works absorb, but everything that's going on around you becomes absorbed in him. And now you, when you look, you, that's when you're seeing him. He's working everywhere, in everyone, doing things. Now, some of people don't listen to him. I know that. They're resistors. They resist. But he still finds ways of getting things through. He still finds it. It's just not to the extent it could be. That's why, that's why I always say, I always say, look, you're having, you have some. You could have more. Be open. Accept the Lord. He will show you the higher way. You have, like I see people that have so much grace on them and some of them have just started to acknowledge Christ. They just, just a little bit of acknowledgement, not a lot. But if you go all in, that whole thing becomes absorbed in him and the light that comes from you becomes almost, indis- you're, you're indistinguishable now from him. You, it's the same. They, they're, they're not even aware of you, which is okay. You have your own personality. We have our own interaction with each other. But when it comes to the light of the glory of God, we all reflect the same image. And that's the way it's supposed to be because that image is us. Would you rather see a dark, fallen thing or the thing that God created, which is you and him? So the more that we become aware, so does that make sense, you guys? So all of our little things that we do Again, and keep this in context of what we're talking about. <clears throat> we're talking about the higher form, the higher degree of prayer. It's a, it's a degree, not a work, a degree. It's like, this is what ends up happening to you is basically what I'm saying. It's like, you know, you went to the pool 
and you put your foot in. You'll notice that your feet are feeling cooler now, you know, and it's just describing as you go further into the water, you know, now you're soaked. Now you're swimming and you're going to need to swim swim because you're in the deep end you know it's just describing this process of what's happening as you go further and further and further into him and we are made in that way we are made in a way to contemplate Yahweh perfectly the reason that you can focus on nothing is because you can focus It's just, what do you focus on? Again, where do they get this whole meditating and praying and focusing on nothing from? Well, they got it from us because that's how you pray. That's how they did it in the beginning. You can see in the scriptures back in the beginning, Jacob went out into the field to what? To meditate. Meditate on what? Well, meditate on the Lord, of course. That's your prayer. You're becoming aware of him all around you. So as you do that, this starts to move up and up and up, okay? Be still and note that I am God. So now we know this. It is not the want of light, but an excess of light, which prevents our distinguishing the stars. It's not the lack of it. It's there's so much of it. So all these stars that we were so, you know, enamored with, we just went into a place where the sun rose. And when the sun rose, we couldn't see the stars, but they were there. But you can't distinguish him right now, okay? It is the same here. Man can no longer distinguish his own operation because the strong light absorbs all his little distinct lights and makes them fade away entirely because, because God's excess surpasses them all. Your own activity, you will and you can. Again, this is, I don't know if this is a Sunday one, but we'll see. <laughs> um, you can actually become less aware of your own physical body even where you, you go beyond, you know, we, we were watching or listening to, we we're doing both, um, you know, uh, supernatural transportation, that book by Michael Van Flyman, you know, he was at night getting up and praying, walking around his house and praying in, in his room. Like he did every, every night he would do this. He had his prayer. He had a prayer chair. He would sit in, he'd get up and he'd walk around and he'd pray over his, he'd pray over his house. And that's what he would do every night pray over his kids, family, and different things like that. And one night he got up, walked through the house, was praying, finished up his prayer, walked back to his chair. He was already sitting in his chair. He had left his body. He was walking in his spirit body. And I was listening to him the other day. And he said, he goes, he had no idea. He said, I... He goes, I was walking around. I felt the the doorpost. I was like, he had no idea that he had left. That's how indistinguishable it was from his natural body. You see? Yeah, you. that's our activity. Now you just shifted into another place. And now what just happened? Now, now, it's not your activity anymore. You've just, you. it's indistinguishable, okay? The strong light absorbs all the little indistinct lights and makes them fade away, right? God's excess surpasses them all. This is a very good place. This is a very good place. This is not a popular place in certain areas, but I will tell you, if you have ever had a clue that this might be the case, I'm here to confirm, yes, it is. (laughs) Because you always sit there, you're always like, I have a feeling there's something more to this. 
there is something more to this. That's why you have that feeling. And the person that's saying there's something more to this isn't you, it's the Lord. He was the one telling you that. He was saying, look, I know that they say there's this and this and this, and there is that, but there's way more that they either maybe don't know about or haven't told you, okay? So there's more to you, way more, way more. <laughs> but it doesn't work in that environment. It works in this environment. It works in an environment of contemplation and a, a, an environment of, of quiet prayer, an environment of meditating on the Lord until we go into that higher place. And what is that higher place? It's a higher place of awareness. You're awake. You can see everything. How do you see it? In him. Okay. So now you've, you've, you've moved. Okay. Those who accuse this degree of prayer as being a state of idleness are greatly deceived. Oh, you're just sitting there. You're not doing anything. And only... Only speak thus from one of experience. Again, if I didn't have this happen to me, I wouldn't teach it because I'd be like, that's interesting, but that's about all. I would just be like, huh. So they pray and they don't do anything? Huh. Well, I guess it, they each their own, you know? That's how I would think, right? But <laughs> when I read this, I did it. And when I did it, I realized that this is a real place. And, and then when you get to this, it's called active contemplation. You live there. You don't, you don't even have to, Go there, you're already there. And you just live in this awareness of God all around you. And so this is a great place to be at. Now, your soul could be like, hey, scratch, scratch. I need to be a boss again. You'd be like, uh-uh. You you've got to continue. And sometimes it's just that quiet place, being quiet, being still in him, becoming aware of him, becoming aware of, of God's presence in you and all around you. And then, be, and then his light shines. The light starts to get brighter and brighter. And then the next thing you know, that's all you see is him. He's everywhere. And there's a lot of light. <laughs> it's just great. Oh, if they would only prove it and how short a time they would become experimentally acquainted with this matter. In other words, give it a shot. You know, get this book, read this, and then do the things that are in it. I say then, that this failure of work does not spring from scarcity, but from abundance. Two classes of persons are silent. The one because they have nothing to say. The other because they have too much. Have you ever been to that, that spot? You haven't seen a friend in a while. You want to catch up and you're like, you have so much to say that you don't say anything because you're like, I have so much to say, you know. It is thus in this degree. We are silent from excess, not from want. Water causes death to two persons in very different ways. One dies of thirst, another is drowned. The one dies from want, the other from abundance. So here it is, abundance, which causes cessation of natural operation. It is therefore important in this degree to remain as much as possible in stillness. So when you are in the spirit, when you are you know, becoming aware of Christ and this love of God just becomes, you know, it's like a tidal wave of love overcomes you. You don't have words you can speak. It does not come out as words. Now, sometimes it does a little bit, but sometimes it just comes out as a sound <laughs> or a frequency because there's so much encoded inside of him. There's so much that he releases when his love overtakes us that it doesn't actually have a way of coming out into sound yet. But it's there. It's still there. And so that's what she's saying. This abundance of activity causes a quiet. So again, we're talking about the difference between 
idleness, as she calls it, in other words, just sitting there and being lazy, and this awareness of Christ. And I believe that it is not very difficult for anybody to have these experiences, and as they begin to grow in them, it becomes more and more, becomes stronger and stronger within you, okay? And then you can live in that place. So it's the abundance. At the commencement, okay, at the commencement of this prayer, a movement of affection is necessary. But when grace begins to flow into us, we have nothing to do but remain at rest and take all that God gives. So again, how do we start this prayer? Affection, which was what we learned at the beginning. It's that, it's that affection of, towards the Lord or even receiving his affection towards us, which in turn produces a response from us. And then here comes the, an awareness of the presence and his presence becomes within us and we become aware and then we begin to flow. Okay, so, but now we remain at rest <laughs> and take all that God gives us. And he does. It's so amazing. You know, I, and again, I'm an old school, you know, gifts of the spirit, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, you know, what scripture should I read? What is this and that? Do you have a word for this person? They really need some prayer, Jamie. We need to go work on this and this and that and the other, right? You know, I, I got it. I understand that. I understand all of that. And guess what? There are words. And there is ministry, but it all comes from this flow. Are there fish in the water? Yes. But why don't you get in the water first? Okay. Get into the flow. You know, so, so we're talking about a specific thing. And I think with all this activity, because we have so much, so much teaching, so many books, so many things, and they're all, they all have a worth. There's all worth to everything. Everything has some worth, some things less than others, but there's many things they have some value to them. You know, how to, how to prophesy, how to, how to give a word of knowledge, how to do this, how to do that. I get it. It's all there. It's not hard to do. And you can teach people. I, I was in a meeting one time. Okay. This guy, he, he was amazing. There was 300 people there, right? 300 people. This guy moved in all the gifts of the spirit very easily. Every single person instantaneously, all 300 had a word of knowledge and they were all 100% correct. And they were all different. All 300 activated just like that in a word of knowledge. There is so much available to us, but it's not about gifts. Those are just the stars. Those are the stars. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Those are the stars. 300 stars at the same time, all lit up with a word of knowledge. It's amazing. And a word of knowledge, if you're listening and you don't know what that means, it's, it's, a, it's a supernatural um, word that revelation that you have about a person, place, or thing that has to do with something that is happening now, um, or something that has happened in the past. So it's called a word of knowledge, it's a specific word. And so they were receiving this, which is supernatural and amazing. But like you said, those are the little lights. But there's something that happens when we go in because do you want a word of, of wisdom or would you like to be anointed with wisdom? That's different. The spirit speaks through us. The spirit speaks through us. So there's a flow that's happening when we sit in this place in God where this realm is open now. It's, it's the whole realm is open. You didn't get a, a delivery in the mail from that realm. You just stepped into it. You went into Narnia. <laughs> you didn't bring back an artifact. You're there. You're in him already. <laughs> That's what this is saying. <laughs> and what is there? A calmness. Why? Because in heaven, it, they're pretty 
they're pretty calm when it comes to that stuff. I mean, they're pretty ecstatic too, mind you. When I say calm, I'm not just sitting there like I'm calm. I mean, they're very ecstatic in heaven. It's it's pretty high energy. But they're chill in that way. Exactly. They're not they're not really worried about anything, but they are pretty but they are pretty pumped up. I can tell you that. that whatever they're seeing and what we're seeing in the natural are definitely not the same things. I can tell you that because when you see them and you're like, what can they see that they're acting like that? Cause that doesn't seem like what I'm seeing. Ah, big clue. Something is happening <laughs> that you cannot see with your natural eyes that they see. I would like to know what they say. Wouldn't you? I mean, that's an interesting thing. Why are they so pumped? Why are they so excited? There's obviously something really, really good that they see. Oh, open the eyes of my servant, Lord, that he can see. Isn't that what he said? And then what did he see? The armies around encompassing them. You remember the prophet? He said, open his eyes, Lord, so that he can see what I see. Because he was scared. Oh, the armies are surrounding us. Was it Elijah? The armies are surrounding us. Open his eyes, Lord, so that he could see. And then chariots of fire. Angels all around outside. Oh, this is what this is where we are. Yes. Right? So these are the things that happen when you contemplate on the Lord and you do this quiet prayer. You cease from your own activity. Isn't that what Shabbat means? The rest, look in the book of Hebrews if you want more scriptures on this. The rest of God coming into that place of rest, contemplating on the finished work of Jesus within us. And then what is there? Not just gifts, not just an artifact from an unknown land, but you're actually moving in that realm and also in this one. You see, everything you need is in him. What gift of the spirit feeds 5,000? The working of miracles. Okay, the working of miracles. <laughs> that is one of the gifts of the Spirit. But where does that come from? Why not get the source? Let the, let the sun, you know, and it talks about this, the sun of righteousness rising within your hearts. It's, very, it's the exact same type of thing that she's saying about the sun, how it, when it comes up, all the stars seem like they disappeared, but they didn't disappear because we're all one. We're all one in him. It's amazing. How much more should I go? I'll go a little bit more, then I'll stop because I have no idea what time it is. And now I do. Okay, I'll go a little bit more. Okay, listen. So we talked about the movement of affection. This is a reiteration of what we say at the beginning. When grace begins to flow, we have nothing to do but to remain at rest and take all that God gives. And that's another thing. Oh boy. <laughs> okay. Hey, I did really good for a long time though. <laughs> yeah okay oh man this is why i don't have this is why this is why i can only teach this sometimes all right so we're just taking all that god can give <laughs> that's all i needed to say <laughs> wow all right so you just take all that god gives you it's it's good. <laughs> I'm just going to say I can't read anymore. <laughs> well, 
I just, I want to share this with everyone. I want everyone to know that um, it is available to all of us. It has always been available. And sometimes you just take all that God gives. Wow. So just do that. Just take all that God gives. Again. Yeah. Yep. That's good. That's good. Oh, man, that's so good. He's so good. <laughs> wow. All right. That's, I'm sure this is making for a great podcast. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's so good, though. All right. That's really good. All right. I'm good. Thank you, Lord. <laughs>